Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Rising Podcast. Today is the official start of Taurus season in sidereal astrology. If you look at the night sky and you see where the position of the sun is in the sky, you'll actually see that it's in Taurus. And I am particularly excited about this because, yes, I am biased. I am a sun Taurus myself. <laughs> but the reason why I find this time of year so... There's just really something special about Taurus season because you really feel like you're in a place where you're so grounded and it's so sensual. It's such a time to be present. And in the Western sign, uh, the Western hemisphere of the world, where we are just getting ready for summer, it just it feels so good for summer to be coming back around. It's starting to get warmer outside. I feel it's just really rejuvenating and. I I mean, I just love Taurus season. I mean, for obvious reasons. But really, specifically, since I switched f to to sidereal astrology two years ago, it's like I really see the shift of energy when the real Taurus season kicks in, according to the planets in the night sky. So pay attention to how you're feeling, because technically, well, it's not Gemini season yet in, in tropical astrology, but... Tropical astrology will say that Gemini season starts on May 22nd, I believe. And it's just, um, it's just, I don't know. I found in the past couple of years that I've been with Sidereal, there's really, it really still feels like it's Taurus. It still feels like things are slow moving, like we're really present, like we're just so embracing the beginning of uh, the beginning of the summer rather than being all fast you know and <laughs> like the gemini energy so anyways just wanted to give in some insights on that another thing that i find kind of fun is to pay attention as to how now tropical astrology is also saying that jupiter has moved in taurus i believe today and again you can grab your phone and use any app like sky guide or you know a map of the sky and you'll see where jupiter is and it's still very much at the beginning of aries so i fully believe that you know astrology was meant to be studied with where the zodiac is in proportions to the night sky so when when you look at the position of the planets it's like okay it clearly makes sense that it's not in taurus right now it's in aries and so Jupiter is in, in Aries. Jupiter is the planet of growth and expansion. Aries is, is a sign that is very focused on the self. And it is all about finding your own individuality. So right now you're focused on, you know, with Jupiter and Aries, it's, it's, it's great to be finding your own energy of initiating things, of being independent, of doing things by yourself. So those are the kind of energy that's, that we're seeing. There's there's strong Aries energy right now, actually, because we also have the North Node in Aries. So having Jupiter meet the North Node, there's definitely a bigger focus on finding our own independence, especially from relationships, because the South Node is helping us step away from relationships that no longer work. And Aries will help us tune in within, tune within ourselves to find our own independence. So... That's what's going on in the sidereal astrology and um and where was I going with this? 
Yes. Oh, the other insight that I wanted to give is when you want to look at the night sky or when you want to look at the transits, Jupiter's changing over to a new sign is a big deal because Jupiter, first of all, is the most benefic planet you can have. So it's going to indicate where you can have some um, some opportunities or or growth expansion. And seeing where that falls in your own chart is going to be beneficial for you to pay attention which area of life is going to bring positive energy or opportunities or growth within the next year. So it's going to be an Aries until until April 2024. And so from now until next April, you can pay attention to where that is in your chart. So you can see where that is in your chart by looking at the house that is associated with Aries. So for example, if you take my chart, I'm a Leo rising, so for anyone else who's a Leo rising, that's going to be the same thing inside the real astrology. So being a Leo rising, Aries is in my ninth house. The ninth house is the house of education, higher learnings, philosophy, religion, and travel. So first of all, that can be a great opportunity to travel, having Jupiter in the ninth house. But also, for me, since it's switched over, it has been... An incredible time to get so many opportunities to teach more. And that's actually something that I've been wanting to get back into. But now, since Jupiter ingressed in Aries, there's really been opportunities to teach since then. So it's really cool to see how that has been coming up stronger and stronger since that transit has been happening. And it's only been a month. So if you're Leo rising, maybe for you it has been similar things. Maybe it's been learning new things. Maybe it's been enrolling in a new in a new program or reading more or learning more about a specific topic. Maybe it's been traveling or things related to spirituality as well. So those are all topics that would be related to the ninth house for illegal rising. So if you're a different rising sign, you can see which house is associated with Aries. And if you don't know what the houses mean, I would recommend getting my guide on my website and you can have a quick reference keywords for each house and what they mean. So that can be helpful for that. So speaking of, this is actually the topic of today. I wanted to give you some tips on how to read your own chart and give you some tips and pointers, whether you're a beginner or more advanced. I believe those tips are going to give you some insights onto how you can read your chart in more depth and understand how to best use it for your personal life or maybe you want to read someone else's chart. So yeah, the first thing that I would recommend is I have a bunch of resources on my website to be able to understand your chart. So the first one, I already mentioned it, getting the guide. It's for free. You can download it when you go on my website. It's pretty easy to find. Um, and I, in the guide, there's literally a short description of all the main things that you need to know about astrology. So this is going to be helpful for you to have in hand if you want to learn the, if you want to learn um, astrology. The link is going to be in the show notes, but you can just find it on my website, vanessasofi.com. If you're somewhat new to astrology, 
and maybe you have your chart or you don't know your chart or maybe you want to learn more about your sidereal chart which is what I use and you're not sure what it means or how to get that chart on my website again in the resources area I have a blog post that explains step by steps how to get your sidereal chart and how I recommend getting it so you can go there and it will be fairly simple for you to get your chart from there so if you don't have your chart already go on my website to grab your chart and then that's going to help you um, know how to interpret that so what you're going to need is your time date and location of birth so start by getting these two things the your chart and the guide and then you'll be golden to <laughs> follow along now before we get started, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that I'm going to be hosting a free masterclass for people who want to learn more about astrology, whether you're beginner or more advanced. I want to do a masterclass where I'm going to be teaching some insights on how to use astrology and I'm going to be answering the 10 most common questions that I see people have about astrology. And I want to give my insights on that because there's so many times that I hear the same things over and over again. Or I hate people making some mistakes around the interpretation and they make of their charts. And so I wanted to give my personal insights on that. Because every astrologer is different. Every astrologer is going to have a different perspective on things. So it's always good for you to learn and have different perspectives. Hear from different astrologers to expand your idea and your, your way of interpreting the practice. So... The masterclass is going to be on May 22nd, so it's in a week from now. It was supposed to be this upcoming Wednesday, but I <laughs> it was too soon. Mercury retrograde just, you know, changed things around, so I delayed it by a couple of days. So May 22nd, we're going to have the masterclass, the 10 most common questions that people have about astrology, and dive deep in those. So I'm very excited about this. Go sign up with the link in the show notes, or again, you'll find the information on my website. So, now, let's talk about some tips on how you can dive further in understanding your chart. And first of all, if you're a beginner at this, just some insights on where you should start to really understand your chart. The best way to start would be to start by understanding the basics. The three things that are the most basic things that you can start learning about, you know, beyond your sun, moon, and rising. Most people, what they know when they start learning about astrology, they know their sun, moon, and rising. Then I have a podcast episode where I go deeper into understanding these three things. So if you want to learn more about that, go listen to that podcast episode. But beyond that, what is the next step that you should learn about is the planets, the signs, obviously, and the houses. So those are the main three things in your chart that you should know about. And again, in the guide that I created, you'll get the key components of these three things, what they mean, and for each planet, each sign, each house, because there's many of them, there's much to know about. So that's why having the guide around, especially when you're getting started, is really helpful because you can refresh your memory on, oh yeah, this means that. So start by learning the basics, the planets, the signs, and the houses. Each of the... Okay. When you look at your chart, this is for someone who's completely new. If you look at your chart, and specifically a Western chart, we're not talking about Vedic astrology here. I'm talking... In this context, I'm talking about a Western chart. 
I, I do use sometimes Vedic astrology, but in this context, I'm focused on the Western chart. If you look at your Western chart, it looks like a wheel. And on the left-hand side, that's your ascendant or your first house. That's the same thing. That's where the, the, the wheel starts. It starts with the first house on the left-hand side, and then it's going to go counterclockwise with the house number two, three, four, and so on, and so on. So each house, it looks like like a pie, you know, like there's 12 equal signs, 12 equal houses. Each house is asso associated with a sign. So if you take my chart again, this example, Leo rising is going to be the first house. So the zodiac wheel is going to start with the number one as Leo. And then two is going to be Virgo, because Virgo comes after Leo. Then three is going to be Libra, and so on. So these are all the signs that are associated with the houses. Then in those signs and houses, you're going to find the planets. So for example, I have Mars in my first house. So Mars is going to be in the first house in the sign of Leo. So maybe you have Venus in Gemini in the third house. So those are the ways that you would start by interpreting your chart placements. So start by understanding what the planets means, what the sign means, and what the houses means, and then where they're located in your chart. Which sign is each planet in, and which house is each planet in. That's where I would start. And to make it even more simple, I would even only focus on the personal planets because the personal planets are the ones that are closest to us and that in your chart will feel more personal to you. So the personal planets are the sun, the moon, obviously, <laughs> and Mercury, Venus, and Mars. That's it. That's where I would start. Sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. Start by learning those. Those are more personal to you. So those are the main ones that you're going to learn first and that you're really probably going to resonate with more. Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, they are further and they're slower moving planets. Uh, maybe you've heard from the first part of the podcast. I talked about Jupiter. Jupiter is there for... Jupiter is in the same sign for a year. So that means everyone born within the same year is going to have the same Jupiter sign. So it's more of a generational of everyone for that year than a personal thing. So that's why Jupiter and after are planets that are more generational. Mars and before are more personal. So I would focus on that first. Learn which sign they're in and which house they're in. And from there, you have a pretty good grasp of your chart. Okay? <laughs> so that's where I would start to learn more about your chart. Now, the next... So the next piece to understand is where you have planets in certain houses, the houses represent your areas of life. Okay, so you can have finances, you can have family, you can have your career. Now, if you have multiple planets in the same house, you'll see that this area of life is probably a focus in your life or it's a big lesson, something that you have to learn a lot through that particular area of life. 
So that's why learning the houses and learning where you have focus is really insightful as well. For me personally, I know that my career is a really big deal in my life because I have strong placements in my 10th house, which is career and public reputation. So I know that no matter what I do, I am always going to be seen. I'm always going to be a leader because I'm in the public eye. So that's something that is really insightful for me. You know, career can be something like, oh, you're just working hard on your career, but doing something that you know your career is a big deal. And on top of that, you know that you're going to be seen a lot for what you do in your career. That's pushing it a step further. So that's even more insightful for me by knowing which planet is in that house. So you can get deeper insights by understanding the houses and how, like, where the focus is placed in your chart. So, actually, I want to go back a little bit because I really want to clarify the difference between the planets, the signs, and the houses. Because I know that's a question that a lot of people try to understand at first. So, the planets are the function. The planets will determine what to do with that energy. So, for example, if we look at Venus... That's the planet of relationships, love, finances, beauty, and art. Creativity, really. So the function of Venus is to love, to express love, to relate to relationships, to spend to manage money, to be creative, to attract, because Venus is also attraction. So those are, what are you going to do with that planet? Now, how are you going to do that? is the sign and its characteristics. So how are you going to express love? Okay, well, maybe you have Venus in Taurus. Taurus is a very sensual sign, and it takes its time. So maybe it's going to be longer for you before you warm up to someone and you express love, but once you do, you're going to express it in a very physical way, in a very sensual way. So that's an example of how you would use that planet. Now, which house it's in, so for example, you have Venus in the fourth house. The fourth house represents your home, your family, but mostly where you root yourself and your intimate environment, because your home is your most intimate environment, right? So someone that would have Venus in the fourth house, it means that the, uh, the aspect of relationships in their lives is mostly expressed in an intimate environment or in their home. So it could be someone that naturally in their relationship, they're going to be very private about it. They're not going to be very open and public. It's going to be a very intimate relationship. And Venus being the planet of beauty and creativity as well, they probably have a very beautiful home, depending on what sign it's in. But it's if it's in Taurus, as we just talked about, Venus and Taurus in the fourth house would have a very beautiful home, very cozy and comfortable. So that would place a specific focus when it comes to love, relationships, beauty in their home. It's very different than if the moon was there or if Mars was there. That would be a completely different game. So that's where the planet is the function. The sign gives the characteristics and the flavors of that function. And then the house is the area in which this is expressed. So that's the way to understand the difference between the three. Now, 
those things were pretty basics. If you want to go a step further to understanding the signs, what I would recommend you do is you take a look at the modalities and the elements. So each sign have a modality and an element associated with it. The modality is the way that it moves energy. So the modality... That's such a hard word to say for a French person. <laughs> modality is you either have cardinal, fixed, or mutable energy. Cardinal is something that initiates something new. It will start, it will move energy. So that's like Aries, you know, Aries is the initiator. Aries is a cardinal sign to move something, to start something, to create something. That's the cardinal. It's the initiation of something. It's the spark. The fixed energy is something that is consistent. It is stable and is not easily movable. And it will stay the same. So that's why it's called fixed. Yeah. <laughs> So Taurus, for example, is a fixed sign. Taurus is slow to move. It is persistent more than anything, and it is not something that will easily change. So that's the fixed energy. The fixed energy is meant to be consistent and stay the same. It will carry things through. And mutable is what adapts. It's something that is very versatile, so it can move one way to another. It's mutable. It can change. It can vary. So that's like Gemini. Gemini is a mutable sign. And mutable will adapt depending on what is needed here and there. So it can change very quickly. So those are the three types of energy that you can find. Once you start understanding this, and if you start understanding if you have a dominance of a certain energy in your chart, this would be of great insight for you to understand yourself and understand how you move and what you need according to that or understand what your strengths are according to that. And it could be different, right? It could be very varied. Maybe you're more fixed in relationships, but you're more mutable in career. That could be, you know, then you could... That, that's where you can look at relationships, you know, Venus versus Mars or Saturn. So they each have a different way of expressing things. That's where, that's where, just going on a rant here, that's where someone that is like, oh, I'm an Aquarius, it's like, no, you're not just an Aquarius because you could be Aquarius in your career, but you could be very Gemini with your relationships. Like, it, it just, you're so much more than just one sign. So it is not enough to say that you're just your sun sign or your zodiac sign, that you're just a Libra or something. You are all the signs, they're just expressed differently in different areas of your life. You actually have all the 12 signs within you. I can't say that enough. You always have the 12 signs within you. Oh yeah, because I wanted to mention that before, going back to the houses. Okay, then we'll come back to the mutable energy or the, 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 the modalities. Um, I wanted to mention this before when we talked about the houses. I often get asked, what happens if I have an empty house? If you don't have any planets in that house, or if you don't have any planets in that sign, because I've, you know, said this to this, I've said um, on TikTok this week, I was like, you have all the 12, the 12 signs within you. And then there's someone that's like, oh, but I don't have any Taurus on my chart. I'm like, yes, you do. You just don't have any planets in it. But you have, you have all the 12 signs associated with each house. So each house is associated with a sign. So you have all the 12 signs, all the 12 signs and all the 12 houses even if there's no planets in it 
So if there's no planets in it, it just means that it's not a strong focus. So it may not be a strong part of who you are, but it's still expressed in a certain area of life. Especially if it's in the 12th house, you may not see it at all because the 12th house is unseen. So anyway, just a little rant to say, even if you have an empty sign or an empty house, it does not mean that it doesn't exist. It just means that it's less of a focus for you in this lifetime. Okay, <laughs> I'm done my rant. Now let's go back to, okay, so I talked about mutable energy, fixed energy, and cardinal energy. Now, the next thing that you can learn to understand the signs on a deeper level is the elements. I'm sure you're already familiar with the elements. The four main ones are water, air, earth, and fire. So these elements will help you understand that sign better. So obviously, if you look at the moon, for example, the moon in a water sign versus an earth sign will be very different. The moon represents the emotions and your inner world. So someone that has a moon in a water sign will be someone that is naturally more intuitive and in touch with their emotions rather than someone that have a an earth sign an an earth uh, moon that would be that would be someone that is more practical and grounded with their emotions they're more anchored in their emotions so neither is you know better or whatever it's just it's just two different energies that are being expressed so again you can look at the different elements in your chart see if you have one that is more dominant See if you have a mix of different elements, and then you can learn to work with that. There's some people that are like often a mix of earth and fire, and so you can see, um, you can see that kind of dominance energy that is happening in their chart. So, learning the element will help you dive deeper into understanding the sites and different aspects of your chart. Work with the elements, work with the modalities, and we talked about the signs of planets and the houses. Now. The next thing, the next thing that I want to teach you about or tell you about is the top and the bottom of the chart. So again, I'm looking at this from the Western chart, which looks like a wheel. If you look at your chart and you'll see your rising sign, which is called the ascendant on your chart, it would be ASC. This line determines the horizon at the moment of your birth. And it is always in the first house. Somewhere in the first house. Not always, you know, in the exact middle, but somewhere in the first house. And then opposite to that, you'll have what we call the descendant, which is opposite to the rising sign. The descendant is your seventh house. So the first and seventh house are always in the middle of the chart. And then everything that you have above that is what was above the horizon when you were born and everything that is below that it was it was what was bef below the horizon when you were born so if you look at it this way let's take someone that was born at midnight for example they would have the sun below the horizon because it was night it was not in the sky so it was underneath them underneath the surface the sun was underneath the surface probably the moon was over the head but it's not always the case so 
And someone that was born at noon, the sun typically is in the middle of the sky at that time. So in that case, someone would have their sun at the top of the chart. Often in the tent house, for example, because that's the house that is on the top of the chart in the middle of the sky. So if you look at it this way, you'll see which planet were over the horizon and below the horizon. Now, what this means in your astrology chart, the part of the chart that is below the horizon tends to be more internal. It is more personal to you. It's what's going on inside of you because it's something that you don't see, right? Because it was below the horizon. So everything that you don't see is what's going on inside of you. So the planets that you see that are below the horizons are planets that are more focused on an internal journey. The planets that are over the horizon are focused on the external. So it's often what is happening outside of you. Like your relationships, your career, your accomplishments, your education. All of that happens above the horizon. So if you, again, spot a pattern... And you see that you have most of your planets below the horizon. You're probably someone that is, in this lifetime, more focused on the internal journey. And I would also say that those tends to be people that are also very introverted. Or they tend to be more introverted because of that. All the planets that are over the horizon. So, for example, someone, if they had most of the planets above the horizon... They would likely be someone that is more focused on the external journey and is more extroverted. So again, noticing the patterns and understanding the difference between the two, spawning where your plants are in your chart can help you understand that better. Understanding where you have areas of focus that are more external versus internal. So that's another way that you can learn to go deeper into your chart. Now, one last thing that I want to leave you with If you really want to go more advanced, you can start looking into the aspects of things. So the aspects are the relationships between the planets. If two planets are working well together, if they're in tension, if they're in competition with each other, it all depends on how they're positioned. The main aspect that you should start looking into is the conjunction. That means where two planets are close to each other, like they're they're side by side. And... To, to look at the aspects, when you look at your Western chart, you would look at the degrees and see, for example, if you have a planet that is at 19 degrees and the other one is at 21 degrees, they're just, what, two, two, three degrees apart. So that would be considered an aspect. I would say within five degrees is considered an aspect. Some astrologers will go 10 degrees, but I think that's too wide. I would go within 5 degrees. 5 degrees difference would be... So let's say, for example, you have a planet at 20 and the other one at 25. Like That would be pretty much the borderline. So 5 degrees is considered an aspect. 3 degrees is like, okay, yeah, that's you know a stronger one. Because the closer they are, the more intense the aspect is going to be. And then if they're the same degree or if they're one degree apart, that's definitely something you should pay attention to because that's a really strong aspect in that chart. So for example, if you had someone that had a planet at 19 degrees, the other one at 20, I would definitely focus on that because there is a strong connection between those two planets. So looking at conjunctions would be one of the first aspects to look into. 
Because if you have two planets that are beside each other, they're going to influence each other. They're working side by side. It's almost like they can't, you know, they can't go, you can have one without the other. So that's definitely a big thing that I would look into. And depending which planets it's, it, which planets it is, it would be interpreted differently. So for example, if you had Saturn, which is a planet of structure and boundaries, and it is closely linked to the sun, let's say it's conjunction in conjunction with the sun, I would definitely say that this person is probably someone that is really responsible, probably really hard on themselves, and they're super serious, you know, they're they're just they just have a lot of structure towards themselves. So that's an example of how that could influence this person. And I talked about this in a different podcast podcast episode too. This is where a planet or an aspect can make a drastic difference in in an interpretation of a chart. Because, for example, you would have someone that would have a sun in Sagittarius. And they're, you know, we say that Sagittarius is supposed to be free and, you know, super flowy and, like, easygoing and all that. But then they have Saturn conjunct the sun. And they say that they don't resonate with Sagittarius because they're not someone that is super easygoing and they have a lot of structure in their life. Well, that would be why. If you have Saturn conjunct the sun in Sagittarius, it's someone that has... Maybe they have a big desire to travel and to be free-flowing and all of that. And they're struggling with that their whole life. Well, sorry about that. Um, But then at the end of the day, they're actually you know, they need that structure to be able to flow, that's where it changes the signification of Sun and Sagittarius. So that's where we can never stop at just the Sun sign, because there's much more that goes into consideration. So just a side note again on that. All right, so that was a lot of information. I hope this was helpful. I'm going to recap everything. So I said, basically, when you look at your chart, start by focusing on understanding the basics. The planets, specifically the personal planets, from the Sun to Mars. The signs and the houses. The planets are the functions, the signs are the qualities, and the houses are the areas of focus. Then understand the modalities and the elements if you want further help understanding all of this, go download the guide that there is available for free on my website. This will help you immensely to sort out everything, especially at first, and to have a quick reference guide to go back onto. Then you can start looking at the top of the chart, the bottom of the chart. The top of the chart is what is more extroverted or external. Bottom is introverted, internal. And then if you want to go more advanced. You can look at aspects, especially conjunctions. That's where it would start. You also have trine, square, sextiles, and oppositions that you can look into. But I would start with conjunctions. Those are, those are the most strong, the strongest ones. So I hope this was helpful. You can come to my free masterclass on May 22nd to learn more. If you can't make it live, you can also join and get the replay afterwards. It's still going to be super valuable for you. And I encourage you to send some questions. You know, if you have any questions about the podcast episode, if there's anything in your chart specifically that you want to learn more about, always feel free to reach out. Either I'm super available on Instagram or via email. 
and yeah i always love to chat with people i always get a tons of different comments or let me know what you learn or you know um what is going on and the realizations that you have with astrology it's always really nice because chances are you're not the only one that is going through something or having a certain question you're never the only one we're all connected and i often see the same things come up over and over again so this is not only helpful to you when you reach out and ask question but it's helpful for me because it helps me see the patterns and learn learn further about things but then i'm always inspired to create some content afterwards in relations to what i hear and what i see people need and that's also going to help serve other people because maybe other people have the same question as you and they've been going through similar things so that's why i always love to get feedback from the content that i put out there because it helps people on so many levels so yeah <laughs> just wanted to share that and also i would super appreciate if you wanted to leave a review if you've listened this far i'm, I'm assuming that you got some sort of value from that podcast and it's always helpful for me to know more about what you like about the podcast but also it helps other people discover discover it so i would love if you wanted to leave a review on any podcast platform that you're listening this to so again thank you so much my friends for listening to the rising podcast i hope this was valuable and i'll wish you a beautiful rest of your day and until next time 